0: Are you ready to see that Stanley Cup banner raised again? You are now listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. Normally I would have some clever dialogue right here. Something off the cuff, but brilliant to say. Sometimes (laughs) funny. I got nothing. I got nothing right now. Uh, But I will keep part of my intro and ask you... How you're doing tonight, Vardy?
1: Hey, man, it's uh, it's good to see you. I'm quarantining or lockdowning away, depending on what you want to call it. It's uh, it's strange times, friend. It's very strange times.
0: all yeah, around. I guess the good thing is that we can do this and practice social distancing at the same time because one, mm-hmm. you're 120 miles away, so that helps.
1: And we're always social distancing. That's in right that, in that way. We are ahead of the curve.
0: Yeah, our podcast is the poster child of social distancing, <laughs> right. I suppose. That's right. But the positive thing is when you do have a podcast, it's one of the few mediums that does not require complete stoppage. So mm-hmm. we're happy about that. We're happy to bring you an episode. It seems like it's been a long time. It really hasn't,
1: though. If you <laughs> So our last episode, I think, released more than Four
0: or five months. What?
1: <laughs> is that beard new? Your oh hair is my. much longer than I recall it. Yeah.
0: Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We started I started mean, eating it, the young. and. It just felt like it's been a long time. March 5th was our last episode. March 12th was official, the official cancellation of the NHL season. Uh, follow, they followed in the footsteps of the NBA after with <laughs> – It all started with Rudy Gobert, everyone. <laughs> a, let's all blame Rudy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but Rudy Gobert, I, I think on the 11th, tested positive, And then – it seems like everything went to hell right after that. Obviously, not. It's not because an athlete tested positive for COVID nineteen, but if you it's had to go, yeah, if you had to go to a timeline right around there, things got yeah. really nuts.
1: Rudy Gobert and Tom Hanks on the same day, and that week, man, that week, and and the pace in which things uh, escalated and changed, and the world as we know it. <laughs> Will never be the same. And I'm not being, I'm not, you know, exaggerating when I say that, but that's kind of where we're at now. Is God, I hope we never have to live through a time like this in our lives. I'm sure our parents and our grandparents have, but it's just been very uh, interesting to see the progression of things.
0: It's, it might be like, I'm not going to say sad, but.
1: Oh, it is sad. I, I
0: don't, no, I mean, the whole thing is sad, but I, I'm talking about what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to call it sad or ironic or whatever, but right when the NHL and NBA postponed their season is when I knew that, okay, this is serious now. Um, mm-hmm. Some people knew before me, you know, I don't know who, maybe you did already, uh, but I think right around there is when it struck me that when two. Industry. I mean, it's an industry, right? And it's a billion, mm-hmm. multi-billion dollar industry sports. When they can say, you know what, we're going to call it. And you know what <laughs> what those industries mean in this country, what it means to people in this country, how many people it makes wealthy. You know now, okay, this is serious. And that's really when I started thinking we're going into uncharted waters here.
1: Yeah, I think... I would I would I would agree with you. I think that's the point in time where a lot of people started um, feeling, you know, COVID kind of uh, infiltrating their regular life. Because I think at that point it was still marginal, you know, pretty much over on the Atlantic side of things. It was in Italy and China primarily. And Italy had it already started playing soccer games with no with no crowds. At that point, And that's – I think that's kind of – when, once that started happening, that's kind of when it started dawning on me that like this is going to be different. And I think that was beginning of March when that started happening. And then, yeah, as soon as the NBA called it, I was like, OK, this is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen and the ramifications of this are going to be far-reaching and we're still – Man, I feel like every day it progresses. It goes a little farther, um, and and it's makes you kind of uh, value a lot of things that you take for granted. I think, and and obviously we're we're a sports podcasts, so primarily sticking to that. Like, sports are an escape ultimately, right? Like it's a, it's a big business. It's a multi-billion dollar business, but it's an escape. It's meant to be something that unifies people and draws your focus away from your day to day, unless obviously work in sport, but it's, it's something that you're supposed to kind of look at to get away from the things that ultimately stress you out. Sometimes more often than others, or some teams more often than others, but it's, it's very unique because we don't even have that you know, we're, we're suddenly in this situation now where you're, you're really trying to figure out, okay, what are the things that are going to help me get through this period in time?
0: Yeah. It's been surreal. It seems like time has stood still in many Mm -hmm. ways, even though clearly, you know, fortunately, um, I am, you know, I still have my employment. I still have, my normal income coming in. I know you do too, obviously Vardy, you're in a different kind of situation where you are a doctor and you're dealing with these things on a daily basis. So your perspective is completely different than any of us. And I'm fortunate that on a daily basis, you can give me your perspective so that it keeps me dialed into reality because it's very easy as we've seen for many people to kind of be like, well, you know, is it really this serious? Are we overreacting? And it's always cool. I mean, that's the wrong word, but it's—I guess it's a benefit to me to just always have reality, reality, like a text message away with you. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Like I feel like I'm rambling right now because I really don't know where to go with the whole thing. It, it's it's. It's our show, crazy yeah, Ramble time. away and then, say whatever you want. <laughs> and then you just became a father for the second time in the middle of the I pandemic. Did. I did. congratulations to you
1: <laughs> thank you uh thank your, you. your
0: second daughter will now you know you could tell her tales of you were born during a pandemic and then <laughs> in may i will have my first child right um and i will tell him that you were born in the middle of a pandemic right and uh that's pretty depressing <laughs> i mean that's yeah
1: i gotta tell you man i gotta tell you those uh I've been fortunate enough at least that I haven't had to 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 work too much in the midst of all this. But um the few days that I had to go to the hospital when my wife was there were, were the most days in a row I've had to go in. And even though I was going to the area, you know, where the maternity ward is and everything, it's separate from the rest of the hospital. It's still very, very real. It's still very surreal to use your your adjective, um, walking around there because it's, it's this sense of dread and everyone's on edge and everyone's just kind of like, you know, that being there, the person next to you is likely more likely to potentially be carrying. Um, and so it, it was a bit nerve wracking to go in there every day and I'm glad we got in and got out and everything's cool and we're home and i'm sure everything will be the same for you guys and hopefully everyone else that has to go through this period and have to be in the hospital for whatever your reasons are but um, it's <laughs> it's a very very interesting time and i'm 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 glad to at least you know be able to if there's a bright side to any of this it's <laughs> it's that i've been able to talk to friends like, consistently day after day and like have multiple group threads going on with people and and just kind of shoot the shit a lot of times and, you know, obviously kind of dips into what are the daily COVID updates and back and forth and different circles. But I don't know. I, I see this kind of all around anyway, in terms of the articles and stuff I read is that there's, it's kind of this weird increased connectivity, more Google hangouts, more Skype phone calls and things like that with people, which is kind of nice. Um, you wonder how much of that's going to progress and how the other thought that I kind of had is how does this change things for businesses, sports teams, all those things going forward? I think this is, it gives them a lot of unique opportunities to, to maybe experiment a bit with their, with their brand and what they bring to the table and, you know, figure out a way to keep people connected and still, you know, push their product in a ways. And, it's it's interesting to see. I think every day is kind of a new day. Every day is a bit of an experiment. I think
0: it's it's interesting. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to deal with as individuals. Uh, our days still go on. You know, our Monday through Friday still is Monday through Friday. Our responsibilities don't really change. That's why we're here. That we're trying to yeah. do a show. So let's let's try to do let's we try are. to do a positive show here. Let's do something good, right?
1: And I'm not I'm not obviously putting this on that level, but like. I keep trying to think of what's the closest thing to this that's ever happened in our lifetime. And I keep coming back to like how 9-11 was. And everyone just
0: – I don't fern, see what else you could compare. I mean
1: – Right. Like There hasn't been anything to that extent. And and you think back to that period in time after 9-11 and how everyone was just trying to like find a period of something normal. Something that was consistent that they could – latch onto to kind of help them get through things and a lot of people will say that sports was was a big unifying factor in the country at that absolutely, time
0: absolutely
1: man yeah like baseball. it was that like run the yankees went was, on yeah i mean
0: exactly that was huge like, that was huge
1: baseball like, playoffs was right around the corner uh at the super bowl was a few months after that you know obviously end of january february like sports became one of these things that everyone was just like we can block everything out and we can come to this and Again, use it as a way to, to just let the stressors of reality kind of not penetrate for the moment. And now we can't even do that. It's not there, it, it's not an option. And so I think that's another very unique thing about this. So,
0: NHL teams across the league have been streaming NHL 20. Simulations, um, Xbox, PlayStation, what have you.
1: Right of what the re- the rest of the regular schedule would be, right? Is that kind of how I, they've I've, been doing it?
0: Yes, I believe that is, and it's going with the actual schedule, with the mm-hmm. actual days, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, and, and major props. I watched the Kings one, uh, I believe yesterday. um They had, you know, in the Twitch chat, you'll have Jim Foxes in there, Jesse Cohen. Um, a few other members of like the Kings media team are in there. Uh, they have intermission interviews. Um, they have post game report, like they're doing, they're working hard to make it something, you know, yeah. it, it's something man right now. It's something. Yeah. So full marks to everyone on that end of the, the production. I it's, it's Bailey. I, the, the, the man inside Bailey, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is a man?
0: Yeah, he's the one
1: who's He's not who's a giant with, lion. I mean is what you're telling me.
0: Anything's possible. That's <laughs> what I'm telling you at this point.
1: I mean, I realize it's a costume. I just figured there was an actual giant lion within the costume hiding his face with a fake lion head.
0: Yeah, it's one of uh Joe Exotic's big cats in there <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, so that's cool. Uh major props to those guys major props to the entire league they've been trying man it's it's your resources are limited but mm-hmm. they've i think league-wide they've done a good job those nhl player hangout calls conference calls are great right uh i recommend that if you haven't seen them go ahead and watch them they're funny these guys have a sense of humor there's some levity which is great
1: and that's and that's what i was saying i'm like them experimenting one of the things that we have talked about a lot was that um they don't connect nhl teams don't do a good enough job connecting players to their fan base you know what i mean like showing who they are as people and i think this is a great opportunity with what they're doing to try and push that part of these players as a selling point you know the players are stuck at home too if they are okay with calling some friends from other teams and you know, chatting and whatnot, and and streaming that. I think it's a very fun and a unique way for for fans to kind of get to know some of these guys in a in a setting that you're probably not going to have that opportunity. I think uh, I think I saw it was uh, Sarah Sarah Sivian. For, uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes, yeah, the
0: athletic, yeah. she,
1: yeah. So she had tweeted something saying that like she was getting contacted out of the blue by NHL players saying like, Hey, I heard you were working on this. Like, if you want me to help, if you want me to throw in a, you know, if you want my input in any way, just let me know. And she's like, I'm going to try to remember that when, you know, six months from now, we're back to pucks and deep and 110%, right. like as the quotes you're getting. Because right now, they're in a unique situation, right? Like, they don't have to feel like they need to mince words. They don't have to feel like they need to give the lines that the coach wants them to give because there's another game to worry about. Right now, it's open season. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. This is not normal.
0: It is absolutely not normal. But some funny moments between Ovechkin. P.K. Subban, the Pacific Division <laughs> one with uh, Getzlaff, Couture, Flurry, and Kopitar was enjoyable. Um, it, it's nice to see – like I think we – not every fan knows this. We know this, but it's not, it's nice to be reminded that away from the game, like these guys are all cool with each other. They're friends. I mean, in the last 10 years or so, it's been very, very obvious. The quote-unquote hate from the game I think is pretty much all gone. Uh, minus a few incidents, minus a few <laughs> one-on-one rivalries between players. It's it's nice to see them still have a sense of humor. It's nice to see them still be able to connect with their fans. Uh, good on the NHL. I hope it continues. I think the NBA is doing something similar with NBA 2K. I'm not sure. I have to double-check that. Uh, but what was funny is <laughs> this, there's this one gambling website where you can make bets and all that. And uh-huh. they actually since all sports were canceled, they actually simmed a Madden 20 game and they were taking live action on it. And it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious because the game was zero, zero in the fourth quarter <laughs> uh, between, between the uh, Buccaneers and the Colts and some of the reactions to what happened. it It's just hilarious. Um, so people are trying, man, they're trying to keep some sense of normalcy, but, it's tough out here. Um have you been watching anything, Vardy? Have you been watching things? So much
1: can- TV. <laughs> so much TV, so many movies. Uh, I think I told you I watched JoJo Rabbit, thought it was great. Yeah. I watched Parasite, I thought it was great. Uh, I just finished watching I Tanya by Tanya Harding. Made me feel somewhat like I was back at a nice rink. Nice. So that was that was happy. Cool. That was my happy place. So that was good, too. Um, oh God, what have watched Fleabag. I watched both seasons of Fleabag on Amazon. It's just all sorts of stuff. Again, just whatever comes around that I'm like, hey, I've heard of this. Why not? Yeah. How about yourself?
0: Let's see. Outbreak, Contagion, <laughs> I Am Legend.
1: Noticing a theme.
0: I think I'm going to watch 28 Days Later pretty soon here. Um, but I did manage to watch Tiger King on Netflix as you probably caught my reference earlier.
1: I did. I haven't watched it only because okay, and you can you can tell me this. Is this one of those things that is is probably not good, but it's coming around at the right point in time where people are just like screw it, why not? And so that's why it's kind of becoming the phenomenon that it is.
0: Well, it's batshit crazy first of all the thing is like you know i've always we've all heard the phrase that truth is stranger than fiction or truth can be stranger than fiction in this case it is insane the characters in this documentary the people involved like the storylines coming out of it you if you pitch this as fiction They would tell you you're crazy and that no one would ever buy anything like this. So please leave. But, you know, you watch the first three episodes, you're like, okay, so this is pretty crazy. Uh, And then it gets even more crazy with each passing episode. There's nothing that makes it some kind of work of art in terms of filmmaking, right? There's no great camera work. There's no, like, amazing narrative that the documentarians weave together. No, it's just... Straight up madness from beginning to end. Watch it because why not? Really? Why like That's why what not? I mean. That's what it comes down to. That's the main thing I've been watching. It's pretty crazy. I've actually restarted – not restarted. I never finished. So I started from the beginning of The Newsroom, which is now a mm. five-year-old show, I believe.
1: Yes. Aaron Sorkin.
0: Yeah, Aaron Sorkin was a showrunner. It's good. I think – some of the dialogue is like no one talks like this
1: it's very Aaron Sorkin
0: it's very it's like some of the most pretentious dialogue I've ever seen you know everyone anyway yeah uh but I'm going to continue watching it because I do enjoy several parts of it when it gets grounded it's good
1: and Jeff Daniels is awesome in it
0: he's great so yeah that's that's what I've been doing other than, you know, still working my regular whatever nine to five Monday through Friday just from home, from a laptop from yeah. home. So fortunate enough to be able to do that. Because many people yeah. do not have such luck. Unfortunately. Yeah. So if you if any of our listeners are one of those people, man, hang in there. I don't know what else to say other than hang in there. Hopefully, you know, the light is at the end of the tunnel and we can start seeing it soon and everyone can kind of get back to a normal life get back into some kind of routine
1: yeah and i think at this point all of the nhl teams have in some capacity come out and said that like they're either gonna provide financial assistance to all of their employees part-time or otherwise or um they're gonna basically pay the salaries through like they would have through the season yeah um I think great. Boston was the was the was the last team and they're still kind of penny pinching yeah, a bit. And their has owner's been...
0: not rich. What is he? Four billion? <laughs> Four billion I mean, deep? It's chump it's oh, change. Yeah. change. Hey, whatever. You um, bail out a f-ing corporation.
1: Yeah. It's fine. Bail out a small country. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Um, but anyway, I think at least at least you're seeing that happening. I think in the NBA at least, I don't know if this happened in the NHL, a bunch of players have actually stepped up and said that they'd be willing to throw in like $500,000 million, whatever it is, to just help the arena staff kind of get through this period in time. And even companies now like uh, Bauer has shifted to making face shields for it's medical personnel.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, so it's it's kind of like it's, it's – I liken it to a wartime effort, right? Like all these companies now – who, you know, no one's rushing out to buy cars. And so the automotive manufacturers are now shifting manufacturing to making ventilators. Um, New Balance, Nike, they're starting to make N95 masks. How quickly they can turn this around, I don't know. Obviously, it's not an easy thing to do in this era of automation. Having to, like, reshuffle all your machines and get them to do something completely different in a short order. But it's it's nice to see those, uh, those efforts being made by these companies to kind of maintain their output and maintain some sort of involvement in fighting this and, and getting us through this period in time. It, it's and, and that's all it really is. I mean, it's time. We're doing all the right things. It's just going to take time and continued efforts to get us through this period. But the the longstanding economic and and societal ramifications of this, like, dude, who knows? It could be going on. For years, in some way, people can be affected by this,
0: quite honestly. Yeah, there's just too much uncertainty to even say anything on it. Yeah. Um, to keep it kind of in hockey, two players from the Colorado Avalanche thus far have tested positive for COVID-19. And I believe one member of the Ottawa Senators, I could be wrong on that.
1: They haven't named any names, have they? I don't recall. No, no. They I know called. the Ottawa no. player, they didn't, but... Yeah, Colorado didn't either.
0: No, they have not in our. And I think case. we were
1: we were having some and we were having some internal speculation as to whether that was actually somehow connected to their Southern California road trip, right? Because correct, Rudy Gobert and Utah had just played the Lakers or the Clippers, I think, like a day before Ottawa. It was the, it was the Lakers, Kings. right?
0: And then the Nets. Right. The Nets had played the Lakers, right? One day before the Senators were in L.A. Right. And four of the New Jersey Nets or Brooklyn Nets now, I guess, four of the Brooklyn Nets tested positive. Wait, they keep it old school though. I yeah, appreciate that, man. Including Kevin Durant. Um, so right there was like this. There was a moment in time there where it seemed like Staples Center, the Staples Center visiting locker room, was almost like ground zero for this thing, which is kind of scary right. in the United States anyway. Obviously, so from what we've heard, none of the L.A. Kings have showed symptoms of COVID-19 thus far. I don't think there's been anything that's come out about them being tested, um, but no symptoms yet for any Kings player, which I guess is good.
1: I find it hard to believe they haven't been tested at this point. I I mean, I know they're not supposed to be. Yeah, I know they're not technically supposed to be, especially given the limitations on testing that we're having out there. But I think when you have that many people from a particular – common travel you know association between multiple teams contracting it I think it's due diligence to test these players and see if anything happened to them now the only problem is that you wish that that type of widespread testing was available to everyone in the country and it's just not for whatever reasons you want to explore Um, but I would find it hard to believe that if by this point all of the Kings players and Members of their personnel um who are in close contact with the players haven't haven't been tested. I'd be really shocked by that.
0: Yeah. And I believe two LA Lakers have tested positive. Oh really? Um, yeah. I think I heard that. I'm gonna double check that while we talk here, but yeah. um yeah, there I remember distinctly. Yeah, there it is. So two That's
1: and they never named them. They never That's named them. Right. They Lakers never named announced
0: them. two players tested positive for right. coronavirus. Right. So if 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 the entire team got tested, which obviously they did, and only two I'm saying only, I know is but but if only two have tested positive, I guess that's kind of encouraging because yeah. if it if stable center was kind of the area where this was happening, then two is suddenly not too bad.
1: Right. Um, and irony of irony is that the last NHL game that we played of the twenty nineteen, twenty twenty season was the LA Kings versus the Ottawa Senators, right? They didn't play any games after no. that, did they?
0: I believe that was yeah. the final game. They won three to two that game. That was on March eleventh. Yep. On the morning yeah. of the twelfth, the season was canceled. Yep. Yeah, man. Ottawa's radio analyst tested positive. St. Louis Blues' mm-hmm. uh, play-by-play, I believe, radio tested positive. It was seemed to be coming. Back to back to back. But I mean, relatively speaking, the numbers are still – could be worse. Just put it that way.
1: Yeah. And in my pickup, you never know at this point. Um, they're, let's see. If it was 11th, 12th, so they're well past the the 10 to 14-day exposure period at this point. Mm-hmm. So if, if for whatever reason things were kind of happening around that time, then – We should have been seeing some evidence of – provided they got infected around – by being around Staples Center for sake of argument. Like you should have seen people with symptoms are being tested positive by now. So I think if they haven't, any further infections that kind of come up will be from exposure from elsewhere, I think, at this point. If everyone's doing everything right to put the social distancing and the lockdowns, et cetera. Um, But for the Kings, they – Closed out the season. Was it seven games in seven a row straight a seven game? I mean, things were going great, man. Things are going great. I think we were all excited to watch the rest of the season, regardless of what the record ended up being. Um, it was fun to watch. You were seeing certain things starting to come together. Um, goaltending was still good. Goal scoring was happening. It was a kind of a nice way to end the season, I think. and, and, give you a taste of things to look forward to for next year. And then other off-season news in that time, um, Alex Turcott has signed a professional contract, and so he is eligible to play in the AHL starting next season. In fact, he could have played this season if there was one. Um, He would have been eligible to kind of be one of their black aces, if you will, and show up and help them out towards the end of the season, potentially get them into the playoffs. And uh, ultimately, some of the discussion we were having about why is Martin Firk signed on the one-way deal now? Why didn't they send him back? What about Villardi? Completely moot at this moot point. Moot points. <laughs> That's right.
0: Very moot.
1: Um, so what are your thoughts? I kind of – I want to pick your brain. Now, no one knows if and when this season is going to resume. Um, it could end up like 1918, 19, right? When no Stanley Cup was awarded because of the Spanish flu. How do you think when the game starts back up again, do they just say, we're done, start fresh 2020-21, Stanley Cup goes uh, un-awarded? Or do you think they try to figure out some way of playing out the rest of the season?
0: (sighs) It's a tough question. It's a very, very tough question. I feel like it's a lose-lose situation,
1: What would your preference be? How about that? Let's go with that. Let's say August. Yeah. They say, we're good to go back, August.
0: I don't know what my preference is, but my first instinct is like, whoever's in is in and let's play the playoffs immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my first kind of gut reaction to it. I know it's probably not – not probably. It's definitely not fair, right? Because it's – there's still plenty of runaway for teams to get in. There's sure. plenty of runway for teams to mess up, to slip, to fall, whatever. Um, but given, you know, the situation, I think if I guess if it were up to me, I'd be like, hey, we're calling the season. This is where your standings are. Lock the standings in. And as soon as we can, we start the playoffs. Uh, maybe have the first round be a five game series. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, I to tell you the truth, I haven't given this much thought. Uh but yeah. but right I mean, off there's yeah, been other things going on. Sure, but I mean right off the bat I think that's probably where I'm at with that. I know I've heard several ideas. A lot of players, including Connor McDavid, was like we can't just start the playoffs because uh you know, we're physically not geared to go into a war. <laughs> right off the bat, coming off this sure. long layoff and just going to a battle in in their case it would be Oiler's flames, you know, that's not gonna be ballet. They're yeah. they're gonna be out there to physically, you know, punish each other. So I understand that too. Uh do you do a full on I don't know everyone but Detroit <laughs> was mathematically eliminated. <laughs> the only team mathematically eliminated. Everyone but Detroit, you know, tournament. King of the team. ring, but
1: yeah. <laughs> but they have to sit. Iserman the, has to sit outside. One
0: game playoff until you're down to the, you know, a sweet 16 or so. I don't know. I really don't. I think, you know, once, if things, hopefully, once this curve starts flattening and things look like they're back on track to normalcy, then I think, you know, you could. Maybe to talk to all the, all the teams, all the owners, whatever, general managers, and figure out something um, to do. Because yeah. I think my number one priority would be award the Stanley Cup for this season. Mm-hmm. Number one, first and foremost. Granted, it's a whole different situation, but not having the cup awarded in two thousand five, it just—it still—it still hurts. It still hurts when you look at the list of champions. Obviously that was for a far far more petty and stupid reason mm-hmm. than the than the Spanish flu or COVID-19. Um, but it's still I hate to see it. I would hate for this to happen again, although like I said this time it would be a far more legitimate reason to do so. Yeah. Um, that would be my top priority, award the cup.
1: Yeah. I think I think that's that's a good goal to have. Um it is interesting there's So roughly every team had somewhere between 10 to 12 games remaining in the schedule. And if you really forced it, you could play in like a month if you wanted to, right? Like you could play out the rest of the regular season. But then your playoffs would be – they would take roughly two months, give or take, like two and a half sometimes. So even if you're able to start in August per se, and you uh, you start in August, play it out through September, you start September or October, you, you try to drag it into maybe early November, and then do you take like a month off and do an abbreviated like
0: Short forty season.
1: something game season starting in December yeah. to try to get things reset, almost consider it almost like you just had a lockout or like a half season lockout kind of thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's possible. I, I think that's, that's how I would lean is you give the teams. Now the problem is the problem is like, how do the contracts go? You know, like the draft, like
0: yeah.
1: it gets messy, man. It gets really messy. And, uh, I don't know. That's, that's going to be something that people who are paid to figure this Hell out. Yeah, will have man. to figure that's out above
0: our pay grade. That's re- yeah. friggin' sure.
1: But I think it's doable. I think it's doable, say, like things are allowed to go back in August where at least the teams can play, no fans in the arena, that kind of thing. But the teams can at least play. Um, You can finish out the season, have the cup awarded by end of October, early November. You take a month off, abbreviated training camps or whatever it is, or even hell, take, take the whole rest of the calendar year off. You start a clean in January. You play a four-month season, abbreviated something like that, half a season, and then you just gradually kind of reset it with time. I think that's that's how I would go about doing it. I don't think anyone, even though they're floating these ideas of like crazy, you know, March Madness, like sixty-four team tournaments and whatnot, like that's that's not going to happen. Um, I think they're they're going to try to figure out the least abrasive way of doing this once they can all come back.
0: First and foremost, I hope we come back once we do yeah. that.
1: we'll see because that's the other thing now you can't even you can't do a draft lottery. you can't do any of these things. you don't know who's in who's out
0: That's why if you lock the standings,
1: but you can't chicago Chicago went from fourteenth worst team in the league to having the number three overall pick. You don't know who's going to make it and who's not going to make it like it's I legitimately think that they're um they're not going to have a draft until the end of this calendar year. I don't see how they can. I really don't.
0: It's it's very interesting what happens to all those draft picks. Do they have two drafts for two different years like on back-to-back days? It's possible. It's possible the 2020 draft.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. man. Well, I think the, I think they can still do the the 2020 draft. In that November-December timeline. Sure.
0: Right? The the, the thing with the draft is you could do it any time, really. If you think, really.
1: It just sucks for the players. Yeah. It sucks for a guy like Alexis Lafreniere, who easily would jump in and start playing, you know, right off the bat. Sure.
0: It's the same kind of thing where, you know, Alex Ovechkin. Right. Evgeny Malkin technically missed the whole year of their career. Absolutely. Because of the NHL lockout. That's now 50 goals all we lost there. Another at least probably twenty something he'll lose here. Uh that's that's 70 goals. That's almost that's him almost getting to 800 for sure. Crazy. Crazy. The
1: one thing that Gretzky always had was was health and luck. He never oh, had yeah. to deal I mean, he he had some layoffs of a few months here and there when his back was flaring up, but he didn't have a Mario like several oh my years. God. No
0: <laughs> like no, you know. <laughs> Mario and, and Crosby have had a lot of time missed and tough to say what well, i I mean with Mario, like it, it's not tough to say. There would have, he would have had two hundred point seasons. He would have had years where he challenged some of Gretzky's single season records. Right. And in the long run he might have he might have at least been, you know, on Gretzky's planet, in terms of career numbers, again hard to say, but for seasons, for sure, he would have been a threat to break all of yeah. Gretzky's single season marks because some of his numbers have been devastating. Years where he uh, battled cancer, years where he had huge back issues.
1: Right, um, it's the same thing for like Mike Bossy, right? Like he could have his numbers could have been tremendous if injuries and whatnot had not.
0: Mike, yeah, I mean, I think Bossy played. A relatively short career. Mm -hmm. You know, if you compare it to, I don't know, Messi. Well, everyone had a short career compared to Messi. (laughs) If you you compare it to an average, normal...
1: Compare it to Yager, wait for it.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I do know that Bossy just, if I'm remembering this correctly, just missed on having 10 straight seasons with... 50 goals and he would have been the first player to ever do it if i'm not mistaken at that time it was 86 87 mm-hmm. um he had scored 50 goals for nine straight and he was seasons 30 years old he, he, he was 30 he was years old at 30, at that yeah. time. so he played yeah. he only played 10 seasons yep and his first nine were 50 or more and then his last season he it got cut he short played, yeah yeah he couldn't get 63 50.
1: games and that he would have gone it. to 50 easily yeah And he was at 573 after 10 seasons. Yep. So, yeah.
0: Uh, My God. And also remember, Ovi missed some time in the shortened season, Mm -hmm. 2013-14. Or excuse me, 12-13, I should say. So, he's probably missed out on like 100 goals, man. Which is absolutely crazy, if you think about it. Yeah. Because that puts him at 800. Only the third player in angel history who would have had 800 because he's currently at 706. Yeah, I think that's 100 goals right there.
1: Right. And if things had broken the right way, come on. By the end of his career, he would have gotten 900, I think, very easily.
0: Crazy. Crazy to think
1: isn't that, about. Isn't
0: that nuts? Absolutely Just nuts.
1: Stuff that's out of your control, man. But – Weird. Weird times.
0: Do you think he's the greatest goal scorer of all time? Ovechkin? Ovechkin.
1: I will say, again, this you get into this whole era, goaltending, etc.
0: Sure, considering all those things. Because if you don't consider those things, it's not even a debate, right?
1: Yeah. If you're going by numbers, then he can't be. If you're going... No, if you
0: don't consider eras, and you just... You're like looking at numbers, you know, career goals is a lock for one guy. Goals in a season, no one's ever touching that ever. Yeah. So it's really not much of a debate. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Goaltending, you got to consider everything. The difficulty of the game, parody of the game.
1: I think he, if you were to look at the annals of hockey history and say to yourself, who is the purest goal scoring machine like the player who was given the most gift by god to be nothing but a device for putting a puck into a net it's him in my opinion
0: i cannot disagree with that cannot disagree with that if, the way I, you put it like that his sole purpose in life that's it is, just, is to like make the red light go on yeah yeah, The only person you could compare to him is Mike Bossy. Yeah. Like, in that exactly. respect, maybe Brett Hull. Because Brett Hull was very much also, right. I just want to score. Just yeah. give me the puck. I want to score goals.
1: But I don't think he was nearly as efficient and um, had as, as many weapons in his arsenal as Ovechkin did. I think Ovi can score in multiple ways. I don't think Brett Hull's had that ability. Brett Hull had a shot, but come on. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't going to have three guys draped on him and still find a way to score. a goal.
0: Certainly no one has the physical gifts, the strength, the size of Ovechkin. And and they've just been a pure goal scorer, a pure goal scorer. Um, Yeah. Lindros had gifts, but Lindros wasn't just a pure goal guy. He had dimensions to his game. Messier had a lot of sandpaper in his game. But he, you know, he went over. He wouldn't score like this. Yeah. You know, he wasn't a goal scorer per se. Bure. I mean, Bure was, I don't even know. He's a, he's a tough player to describe. He's one of the hardest players to describe, I would say, because it wasn't just speed. Hmm. He, he didn't have to score to impress you. In fact, there's times he's impressed me when he hasn't scored. So he's a, he's an odd kind of guy, a different kind of player too. Mario, I think, is probably the most talented player who's ever played hockey because if what was he six four to have that kind of finesse, that kind of touch, to be able to pass the way he did, to able like he made scoring look so easy, or like this guy's not even trying.
1: Yeah, see, that's my thing. Like with Ovechkin, you know, when he's got the puck, you probably don't necessarily have to worry about him passing right like his first intention is to score a goal and everyone on the ice knows that and they still can't stop it
0: yeah that's a great point
1: with mario with wayne you had to be aware that like if i try to stop this shot he's going to find a way to embarrass me with a pass and that's that's a different category in and of itself i think again the guy who can score a goal, despite the fact that everyone knows he's trying to score a goal and can't stop him, he's he's the best in the game ever in doing that, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that, when you ha- you have to define it a little bit, but yeah, I think he's going to go down as probably.
1: That's how I think of when I think greatest goal scorer. Same same aspect of like greatest passer. If I were to ask you the greatest passer in the game, get out of here exactly
0: it's never going to be anyone else
1: exactly yeah because but joe thornton
0: yeah yeah <laughs> he, he might be fifth on my list uh, kid <laughs> yeah there's no one i mean gretzky's gretzky played russian hockey mm. in a north american game and everyone was like what what is this <laughs> and that's why it was you know there's no one who's going to ever touch him in terms of playmaking, I can't even... I don't even know who's second. Who is it? Maybe Larry Anov? Adam Oates was pretty damn good. Dishing the puck. Mm-hmm. Crosby's great. One of the best. Um, I'm trying to think of other great passers. I'm missing someone very obvious. Ron Francis is a great passer.
1: But that's what I mean, though. Like, with Wayne if you're thinking, if if you define greatest playmaker, greatest passer, you're talking about the guy who can get a puck through, who can see a play or or force a play to develop the way he wants it to develop better than anyone ever. And that's Wayne. And so that's kind of how I define greatest goal scorer as well. It's not just objective. It's not just like he had the greatest shot, you know, he had, he has those things, but he was a machine created for a sole purpose, and that was to put a black piece of rubber into a net despite everyone trying to stop him. That is that is Ovechkin, in my opinion.
0: Um, speaking of great passes and Wayne Gretzky and all these things, classic games being aired by the Kings, I think right as we record this, they're, they've been airing Game 6 and 7 of the 1993 uh, Western... <laughs> Sorry, Campbell Conference final between Los Angeles and Toronto. I remember that time very clearly, even though I was, you know, I was a kid. I still remember that time because I remember the main thing I remember is how sure my dad, who at that time had been a Kings fan for like 25 years. no I'm Mm -hmm. exaggerating 15 years, 15 to 20 years and how sure he was that that was the year that the Kings were going to win, particularly after they beat Montreal in game one. Uh, I remember him calling one of his buddies and said, "Uh, how much you want to bet the Kings are going to win this series in five games? He was half right. (laughs) He was right about the five games. Uh, But yeah, I remember remember a lot about game seven because there was like 20 people at my house. Mm-hmm. at my parents' house. And there was a lot of yelling going on. And the only time I've yelled like that is Game 7 against Chicago in 2014 is the second time I've, I've yelled at the top of my lungs. So it's nice to get these memories. That's cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's that playoff year was probably what cemented my fandom as a child for the team. And, you know, we're all, we're all like anywhere between nine to 10 to 11 years old at that time. So our understanding of the game probably wasn't where it needed to be or the appreciation of it certainly wasn't where it needed to be, but it, it's secured in your head that this was something that you wanted to be a part of, I think. And so we got to experience that and then we had the shit times and then gradually I think as our appreciation of the game grew and we grew up I think it peaked at that time when we got to actually see them win a cup and that's those are those are fun memories to kind of look back at
0: I think the timing but, I wouldn't change it you know I No for the two the two runs there I'm glad I was you know a fully formed adult who had a deep understanding well, in my own mind, anyway, a deep understanding of hockey. And I was already, you know, coaching hockey at the time. I already played for most of my, you know, life. I think I wouldn't change it at all. You know, I'm, that's gl- what I'm, saying. I'm almost like, glad they didn't won, win in 93. That's I
1: was exa- I was exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Because had they won in 93, you would have been happy because, like, yay, they won and the people around you are happy and I would be in the same situation. But then had we. You know then twenty twelve comes around. I don't think it has that same gravitas, you know, that that same buildup, that same like impact if they've already won a cup in ninety three in my opinion. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that made it so special is that they had never won that it was the first for the franchise, the first for us, the first for all of these people. And you know, it was it was truly cemented these players as as like legends for this team. And I don't think it has that same, you know, weight if they've won a cup 20 years prior to that. Right. Sad to say. Right. I actually have I have a tough time watching old games. I know they're airing that one. And I but they've they've heard so many games now because they have to fill the time slots. Yeah. I have a tough time watching old games in, in their entirety. Why is that? I can do I just – I can't do it. I don't know. Like if I already know what the score is and Mm. I know what's going to happen and when the goals are coming, I can't enjoy watching it. I can watch it in like a documentary style. I can watch it with like a 30 for 30 or a narrative or something like that where it's painted like a movie and it keeps me intrigued in other ways. You know, like they're throwing in little tidbits about like around this time, you know, this, this is what happened and this is what the press conference was before the game and after the game, you know? But if it's just like here's the game from 20 years ago, from beginning to end, it doesn't do it for me. I don't know. I'm weird like
0: that. We got to get you like a random game from like 1992, <laughs> like in February against Winnipeg <laughs> or something. <laughs> we just don't go. tell you what's going on.
1: There you go. No. Surprise me.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might have to do that. Um. Boy, any, you know, as you get as you guys can probably tell, we're kind of just. Free flow in this episode. Um, there isn't, there's no format today. Usually we have some bullet points. Usually we have a general idea of what we're going to talk about. Today ain't that day. And it's almost fitting with the stuff that's going on in the world that there is no format. There are no bullet points. There is no structure to this thing Yeah. Uh, right now. But we maybe we will keep one of the things that's in our structure always already. God
1: been. damn right we will.
0: Because it's episode 55.
1: It sure is episode fifty-five. And I got. With,
0: I think I got some.
1: You got one on the la- You got one you last know, week, actually, ahead of yeah, time.
0: <laughs> and we all know who it is.
1: So there's I, five. So there's five <laughs> players to ever wore fifty-five. Okay. Take it away.
0: Um, first and foremost, to no one's surprise, if you've been listening to this show for any kind of time, that the first one's going to be the man, the myth. The very brief legend, Pavel Rosa, Pavel bringing Rosa. it in.
1: He was supposed to be one of the next ones. He was, he was in that era of the early two thousands, much hype, nothing doing. Nope, <laughs> once he actually nope, came I around. If
0: I remember he had like a good season, mm, I might be a full season.
1: He only played 36 games. So, uh, so ninety eight ninety nine, his uh, first season. Yeah, twenty nine games, games, sixteen points, four goals, and twelve assists. Not bad, not bad for rookie standards. And then, just <laughs> well, I don't know where it went wrong.
0: Dude, the thing is, he never really got any looks after that. It's kind of weird, I know. isn't it?
1: Well, <clears throat> I don't again. I don't know what they were doing with development at that time. It was really strange. Um,
0: look at his. Look at his. Minor league numbers. They're great. Go to HockeyDB. I'll no, look. I'm looking. Check I'm right it there out. with okay. you. So after after he gets 16 points in 29 games, the Kings. I don't know if this is before or after this stint in the IHL. He has 30 points in 31. IHL. This is when the Long Beach Ice Dogs were kicking. Right. Then he has 53 points in 74. Then he goes to Europe for two years. He has 50 goals and or uh, 50 points in 54, uh, in SM Liga. Next season in the SM League, he got 43 points in 46 games. He goes back to the NHL, plays two games with the Kings, goes to Manchester in the AHL, 63 points in 61 games. Manchester the next year, 88 points in 77 games. Plays two games with the Kings, has a goal and an assist, and then he goes. He's gone. Yeah. That's I don't it. get it. I, He's gone I, to I not I, re-
1: I can't remember those times specifically to wonder, like, why they never felt that – Pavel Rosa needed, could have gotten a little more time, you know, a, a little bit of a better look.
0: This is now. This is now like one of the strangest stories to me because I had never really looked at his numbers closely till now. Very odd, and I don't yeah. want answers. I'm gonna have to do some research on this. I, I mean, might, I might have to so, call up the King story and have him that's explain right. this to me. Yeah, why Pavel, put him on the case? <laughs> why Pavel Rosa for? Apparently, no good statistical reason. Never got a good shot with the LA Kings. Crazy.
1: So, so the two thousand two, two thousand three roster. If you're looking at it, um, Jason Allison was on that team. Derek Armstrong, Jared Allen. If you remember, Sean Avery, Scott Barney.
0: That was a good team to start the season.
1: It was, but there's, I don't see anything here that would make me say to myself, "There's no room for." giving Pavel Rosa more than two games.
0: After you know he, what I mean? After he got 80 yeah. points in 77 games in Manchester. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, did you need to play Steve Hines? Yeah. Like, what am I missing here? So, yeah.
0: It's crazy.
1: Diff, difficult to know what was going through. And that was during the Andy Murray era, was it not? And so yes. those are always interesting times. His roster decisions were very interesting so anyway but yes pavel rosa longest reigning 55 for reasons we cannot explain on the la kings
0: all right um my next my next guy is because i remember him it's i think it's jeff schultz correct i remember him number 55 i remember thinking why
1: why, Why do number? we have this guy?
0: Why do we have this guy? Why do we have this number? Uh, that guy, however, played a pretty significant role in the 2014 Stanley Cup run. Many seem to forget, but he did step in, I believe, in the second round against Anaheim specifically.
1: That's right. When the when, Kings were um...
0: fighting some injuries, um, he actually came in and and, and uh, was pretty steady back there. So I am happy to remember him on this Episode fifty
1: five. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he had seven games, so he got a cup ring during that run.
0: I can't Good remember if he did. There was, or if he. Uh, sorry, I don't think he got his name
1: right on, on the cup. But he definitely got a ring. If he's played seven sure, games, sure. I think the team that's...
0: gave him a ring. I think they also remember when they gave him the cup <laughs> in the after the Rangers game. So I remember this very clearly now. They gave him the cup to take the, to do a lap, and he just did, like, this really small lap. And the guys were like, dude, what, like, what are you doing? Like, go. Like, it was a sheepish kind of like, you know, I don't deserve this kind of <laughs> moment. And, He's
1: like, come on, guys. I'm Jeff Schultz. <laughs>
0: and, and the team's like, no, you're going to – the team's like, no, you're Jeff Schultz, dude. <laughs> like, go do the lap.
1: <laughs> I wish I was on ice level. Can you imagine him? him just going – I'm Jeff
0: Schultz. (laughs) I'm Jeff Schultz. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Um, I would love it if that's what he was yelling the whole time he was skating the cup. He's just going,
0: I'm Jeff Schultz. (laughs) Amazing. Um, All right. So, so sorry, before we move on. The Kings put a special (laughs) waiver to the NHL. To get Jeff Schultz's name on the Stanley Cup. And it was accepted. And his name is on the Stanley for Cup. for
1: him. Why did they have to do a waiver if he played seven games? I, uh, thought, there were, I thought there was like I a minimum cutoff of like...
0: I think you have to play ten playoff games or one in the final. Oh, it's some weird thing like that. I could be wrong on the numbers, but it's something like that.
1: <clears throat> so the Kings had ten to... seems like a lot, man. Ten seems like a lot. But, I mean, it must be something like that because if seven wasn't enough, then.
0: We'll double check it, but I, I, you know, it's it's something where he, where the Kings had to. uh,
1: I think you're right about the finals one. I I remember that one. Yeah.
0: That's why Simon Gagne played some finals games, baby. That's right. Get his name on that thing.
1: All right. So, three more names.
0: Okay. So, I got some, what I like to call Hail Mary's okay uh the first one that's coming to my mind because i i just know i know this guy i think i know he played for the kings and i know he wore the number now did he wear did did those two things happen simultaneously is the question <laughs> and that name is troy crowder correct bam baby yes killing it i am done <laughs> sergey Gonchar.
1: <laughs> has to be the most famous 55
0: <laughs> interesting maybe that's a new spin we need to put on our game already at the end of it we say who is the most famous
1: Ooh. wearing
0: that number Very. Interesting. I mean
1: that's the one that comes I'm sure there's some other defenseman that I'm completely forgetting but I will, I will look it up here um, okay so you got two more to guess
0: okay another one I had I wanted to guess, is is a rookie number. Okay. And I think he wore it in a few games and then he got traded. And I think it's Braden Shin.
1: Correct. Boo yeah. 2009-2010, the first game he played was with the 55 and then he changed to number 10 after that.
0: Well, oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Season. And then he got the traded season. from Mike Richards, yeah.
1: Correct correct ooh okay so the nhl actually does have um like the best the best of that number okay category
0: and there's someone better uh, yeah <laughs> uh okay i'll get to that after okay they'll give me some time okay. to think about it all right go for it go for um it. and i don't i'm not gonna get the fifth one i don't think
1: um i don't
0: think i've ever swept
1: daryl williams in yeah. 1993 Not games two games Nope. This is without a doubt the Pavel Rosa episode. I'm I'm not even gonna not even gonna joke about that. Um, Love it. But now since you've introduced the twist,
0: yeah, man, who is
1: Gonchar? So Gonchar is definitely one of them. NHL.com brings up a very good name as as someone better than Gonchar to wear fifty five. Okay. And he was a former LA King. Wow. So this is not an obscure player, obviously.
0: 55. Is it Jason Blake?
1: Mm, he also wore 55, <laughs> okay. but I would not consider and he him. Was that an, I wouldn't either, Gnarchai. but he was the
0: former king. I was like, NHL.com, crazy. But I guess, I guess they're okay. Um, okay, uh, I would like one question answered. Mm-hmm. What position did this player play? Defense. God damn it.
1: And we probably should have never traded him.
0: Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah, man. Larry Murphy. There you go. Oh, yeah. Easily. Sorry, Gonch. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> you lost that one.
1: Uh, Larry Murphy's NHL.com photo is frightening.
0: He's, he doesn't take good photos. <laughs> no. He's never taken a good he photo. He looks
1: like the kid who plays Joker on Gotham. Oh. It is not a good – I'm going to send you this picture just so you can you can see this. Bam! Dominic Monaghan's
0: Toronto uncle. Yeah, whipping boy of the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: There you go.
0: Traded him to the Red Wings, where he won multiple cups. Good old seems Toronto. Seems
1: like seems like a common thing.
0: Toronto fans might be must be you know, and I I'm, I say this in jest, obviously, but they must be so glad this miserable season is over for them.
1: Just. Save themselves from disappointment. I think I saw that as, a, as like a Twitter meme too. Like it's a picture of Taveras and Marner and, uh, and Matthews celebrating. And it's like the feeling when you know Boston can't eliminate you from the playoffs <laughs> this year.
0: Oh, man. Uh, uh, sad news. Internet
1: remains undefeated.
0: Undefeated. All wins by knockout. All right. Philadelphia Flyers though, not happy. They look like they were about to make a run, like a legitimate, like Stanley Cup, <laughs> like maybe, you know, Eastern Conference Final, something like that. Because before, I think their last game they lost to Boston, but before that they were on a tear of epic proportion. Yeah. So, man, sorry guys, sorry. Well,
1: we'll see how yeah we'll see how this all shakes out dude
0: yeah what do we say other than to everyone out there who you know whether you've listened to us for over a year or years whatever whether you're new whether you've only listened to a handful whether you've listened this is your first one
1: if this is your first one know that we've done better
0: yeah (laughs) uh we're we're just like you. <laughs> we don't really have the answers. We're a couple of guys doing a podcast. Trying to make sense of things. But I'm very, very grateful that we are still in a position to do this show. Uh, I'm very grateful for anyone who in this time would take the time to listen to us. Talk about this silly little game. And this silly team that we love so much. We, I can't say that we're here for you. But if for whatever reason, you know, you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Gmail. You could throw us an email. You could throw us a DM on Twitter. Um, at the Bannerman pod, the Bannerman pod at gmail.com. Um, whatever we can do, if we can do anything to make this in any way easier for this fan base, for this listener audience that we have as few as they may be we're here to do it we're all this is you know we always joke like we're we're all in it together Kings fans well we're legitimately all in it together this is one thing where no matter how much money you have no matter what resources you have you can't really avoid something like this you can't you know buy yourself out of this one so we are all at a level playing field on this one so if you guys ever for whatever reason I want to reach out to the Bannerman please do we love to hear from you I hope by next episode this is all done Vardy. Uh, probably not
1: i'm I'm not optimistic if you want my uh objective opinion i'm I'm not optimistic this is gonna be uh controlled until probably end of May that's kind of where I'm thinking but despite that we're still able to kind of do this. So if people have things that they want us to talk about, we've already kind of talked about, um, trying to figure out a way to have potentially guests on the show, things to kind of chat about just whatever we can, whatever we can do to kind of make this easier for us, make this easier for you to serve as a distraction, to serve as a, as a means of escapism since the sport that we love is not available to us. And, Obviously, there's more important things going on right now. So I think just stay safe, and we'll get through it. We all will. You've been listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast.